Here we go, brownies. Here we go. Here we go, brownies. Here we go. Yeah, this for my dogs from the east to the west side. Rocket brown and orange with me, baby. Let's fry. Represent the land. Let them know. Tell them, here we go, brownies. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. Welcome in, everybody, to a post-game edition of the Here We Go Brownies podcast. I'm Allie Heisong, joined with me, out in beautiful Boise, Idaho. We've got Dustin. Uh, we've, we're coming away, Dustin, with a Browns win. Browns come out on top against Pitt Puke, 13-10. to 10. Um, Dustin Hopkins, game winner. Really exciting game. Hopkins I think game. that there's a lot, of, a lot of good to talk about here, but I wanted to turn it over to you first. How you feeling? How you doing? Um, because I feel like I've just aged maybe 10 to 15 years every single week that I watch the Browns. I guess that's why we don't see Allie's face tonight. No. That's, that's exactly it. <laughs> Allie's aged so much, folks, after this game that she is not showing her face till Wednesday or Tuesday. <laughs> uh, I'm physically exhausted um, from this game. I literally felt good early. We get the touchdown. Defense is doing their thing. And then the game just turns into what we – know the Pittsburgh Steelers do to teams they just kind of trudge along and I'm like it's one of those games 10-7 just and Allie we've been at one of those games remember a couple years ago Mm -hmm. we were at one of those same type of Steelers games where we're just like oh they're just lulling us to sleep um but I gotta tell you the defense came to play today uh it was amazing to see Nick Chubb come out there uh, out of the tunnel and greet the entire crowd and then, of course, I mean, come on, Jim Donovan, slam at the ham, slam on the hammer. Uh, it was funny. Uh, Coach Stefanski made a funny comment afterwards. I was just a little worried he was going to get be able to get back up there for the first play call. Um, <laughs> and then for him to give him a game ball, I thought was pretty awesome. So uh, overall, defense played well. I will say, from an offensive side of the thing, uh, DTR in my own. Uh, opinion redeemed himself from the Ravens game having an entire, I mean, it just goes to show you what a week of preparation as the number one guy going out there does. He was efficient. Uh, He didn't, you know, do many crazy things and he kind of worked within himself and went four for four at the end of the game when it most counted to get Dustin Hopkins in field goal range to win the game. So um, at the end of the day, we don't, he doesn't have to be a hero ball, right? We talked about that. He just has to manage the offense let the defense do what they're so good at and just keep us in ball games. And that's really what happened today. Uh, I feel like the, the offense did just enough and the defense did what they needed to, to keep us in this game, the entire game. No, you're absolutely right. And we've talked about that, that, you know, you've got so much, you've got so much talent on this team, offensively, defensively, and on special teams as well. Your quarterback Um, he doesn't have to be a hero. We know that you can't replace the player, Deshaun Watson, just like you can't replace the player that Nick Chubb is, but you can bring other guys in that can do a portion of that. And all you're asking DTR to do, um, assuming that he is a starter going forward, is to manage the game in an efficient way and also, um, you know, play a clean game. I know that he did throw a pick in this game, and we'll talk about his stat line here in just a few, but um, play a clean game overall. That was more of a deflected uh, thing. I don't necessarily right. think that was his fault um, for that, you know, for that interception. But overall, I was impressed with him. I was impressed with the game plan around DTR. It was yeah. simple, it was easy, and it was efficient, and it was working. Um, I thought, you know, 
uh, we'll, we'll talk about it, of course, but Elijah played a good game. I thought Amari, he's a safety net. Um, David Njoku struggled today, uh, but you're going to have that. Uh, that's okay. He still stepped up in a big way when it mattered most in the fourth quarter. Um, so we'll get into all of that. We'll do game balls here, just a few. Before we get into it, guys, we want to talk about our friends over at Angelo's Pizza. If you're wondering what you should have for dinner tonight, it is Angelo's Pizza. Head on over to Lakewood to get your hands on the best pizza in all of Northeast Ohio. You should hop on over to Angelo's today. Maybe while you're there, you can kick back with a, a glass of Cleveland whiskey. Guys, if they're heart and soul into their product, um, you can get the peanut butter whiskey. You can do the spice. You can do it all. So be sure to head on over to clevelandwhiskey.com to shop today. There it is. Dustin's got it. He's ready to roll. He's ready to roll. <laughs> And I do apologize for being off camera, everybody. I'm a little bit under the weather, um, but I felt that it was important to get on tonight and do a show because the Browns won, of course. Uh, we've got to, we got a lot to talk about. So apologies Allie. that I'm not on camera tonight. I, I just feel that it's best that nobody sees me because I look like a, a rag. I'm disgusting. Hey, Allie, I was just going to say, the picture you're portraying tonight is of uh, Birdie. I uh -huh. don't think Birdie can fit in your uh, arms anymore. <laughs> no, she's, she's like, too big. Okay, I think we need to do a new picture of Birdie or uh, Allie trying to hold Birdie in her in her it's, arms. That would be. That'd it's be pretty more cool. like Birdie gonna hold me. She's she's right. getting bigger. Um, yeah, <laughs> I know that was one of my favorite pictures. The day I got her. Um, yeah. All right, let's get let's get into it. So you talked about defense, Dustin, and how they stepped up in a big way. We knew that that's who this Browns team is going to have to be going forward with Nick out with Deshaun out with your starting tackles out. You have to rely on the strong part of your team. And that has consistently been the defense. They stepped up in a big way. Miles was an absolute animal today, but collectively they are playing. Uh, I mean, the best I've ever seen them and to do it against a divisional rival um, was, was huge in today's game um, to really make DTR's life a little bit easier uh, and I also want to talk about field position in this game. There were a ton of punts um, yeah. and being able to flip the field and what Corey Bajorquez is able to do, put DTR in a lot of really advantageous positions here. Now, look, this was not an offensive firepower game. Um, I mean, the score reflects that. It was 13 to 10. Uh, yep. This wasn't really like a, a shootout by any stretch of the imagination. But defensively, I thought that that was the highlight of this game. Well, it's an old AFC North uh uh, shootout. I mean, uh, not shootout, but just, you know, beat each other up kind of game. You know, what's interesting about this game specifically was just how uh, it was interesting when we had Jay Crawford on, on earlier in the week, he discussed that Stefanski's, this is going to really come down to what Stefanski is going to be able to do to D for DTR this week and really kind of dummy down the offense a little bit, make it simplistic for him. Um, you know, getting back to the offense a little bit, you brought up the David Njoku thing. One of the things I noticed today, Ali, just from the offense, and you probably saw this in the game, uh, DTR was getting the ball off quickly, right? Pretty quick off the ball, throwing it. And I think the timing between Deshaun Watson and those guys and DTR getting that ball out a little quicker than Deshaun is coming out of that snap, I think could have had a little bit to do with the drop passes today. Obviously, there was quite a few of them, seven or eight today. But I think that will come with timing and just more repetitions with DTR uh, going forward. But that was mm -hmm. one of the things I did notice. Uh, they did want uh, DTR getting that ball out quickly, you know, getting them comfortable, getting them uh, not in pressure situations. And, and for the most part, Allie, the offensive line really – helped DTR today to really make him feel comfortable early in this football game and realize he didn't have to win the entire game for himself. You can see he was emotional after the game, mm -hmm. uh, how, how much I think he probably felt coming back to win this game 
after having that previous Ravens game and believing and saying, you know what? Yeah, I, I can do this. Right. What a, what a, what an, uh, what an adrenaline booster for him to realize that, you know, now the next game is not going to be so daunting for him. Right. He's like, I got this, you know, and I'll just get better. Right. He will get better. Um, and I don't think those things that we saw in the preseason are going to be a fluke. Uh, he was very efficient in the preseason and he looked good. And I think that confidence will continue. And I think we do, I do think in a lot of ways we got to steal in the draft by getting him because I think he'll be a valuable player for us uh, in the future. No, I agree with that. And I I, I thought above anything else, and while this, the uh, box score may not reflect, um, you know, there were some incompletions, there was an interception. Like, I wouldn't say he played a perfect game by any stretch of the imagination. But, man, you could see the confidence in him as a player. You could see the confidence, confidence in him as a passer um, and his decision-making as well. The ability to go through his reads and progressions, um, yeah. I think, is just uh, it, it really speaks to one the experience he had at UCLA. Uh, I mean, look, guys, he was a, a starter at UCLA for like 25 years. It feels like he was there for, <laughs> for an awful long time. Um, so that that experience that he had was absolutely invaluable. And then to come in, sit behind Deshaun Watson, um, PJ Walker, and be able to absorb a lot of the information that he has. Um, man, it, you saw that today. And I, I thought he looked very comfortable. He looked confident in his playmaking ability. And of course, his decisions, most importantly. Um, I right. mentioned that one that one pick. Really don't think it was his fault. And what I thought was very comforting is as soon as he came off the field, the first person to him was AVP. And you could read his lips. It said something along the lines of, it's all good. It's not your fault. Don't worry about it. Right. Um, and I think that was also represented last week. You know, after Dustin Hopkins misses that extra point, you've got the defense coming up and saying that exact same yep. thing. This is a team that believes in themselves and believes in their players. And I think that's so refreshing. Um, I know this time last year, when we were doing this podcast, there were questions about the team's commitment to football, their love for the game, um, members of the organization, you know, like, are they actually dialed in? And you can just see it on every level, whether it's offense, defense, special teams, um, down to the position groups. They are bought in. They they know what's on the table here, and I think that they even believe in DTR to get them to the promised land. I don't know if us as fans have, have hopped on board with that yet, and I think that's okay. Um, but internally, you like to see that everybody within this organization, coaches, players, personnel, everybody is bought in. Well, and I just want to like give a shout out to I don't know if you ever follow uh, JW JW Johnson Alley. Oh yeah, uh, of EVP, obviously ownership of the Cleveland Browns. He is always out there on the forefront. Like, obviously, Jimmy and these other people aren't on social media, right? But I literally, he said this, fired up, get to the dog pound, rocking all game long. I mean, all of you in the stadium early, give your visitors a good old-fashioned Cleveland Browns welcome. Plus, I promise you don't want to miss in the pregame activities. Like, giving us a little thing. And then Mm -hmm. he goes, LFG, exclamation (laughs) point. Like, I'm sorry, but I like to see that from my ownership that has some give a damn and some saltiness to like, let's go make this uncomfortable for our opponent. We're five and one now at home, Allie. I think we really have created a home field advantage in Cleveland. And mm-hmm. I think it is now becoming more of a tough place to come and play and getting back to the old days of Cleveland. Like you don't want to go there and play, but I just feel like today with Nick Chubb and all the emotion of everybody in the stadium, I just felt like everybody felt like this was one you had to win, right? This yeah, was one definitely. you couldn't get you you couldn't let this one get away. And Greg had I don't know if you saw this all, but uh, Greg Newsom had some really great comments. 
And I thought it was kind of like, back to your point, like this team has bought in as like a family. He said in the fourth quarter, they showed Nick Chubb up in the, the press box, right? As mm-hmm. they started the fourth quarter. And he said, I looked up there and I was taken over by emotion. And they were like, I think it was Mary Kay or somebody was asking him. And he goes, what do you mean? He goes, it hit me right then and there. This is the game when we lost our leader in Nick Chubb against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he goes, my energy level, just like I was, I felt like I was playing outside my body. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I felt like I was taking like a fifth step and I was going to play even better. And I just said, okay, that just goes to show you that this team is bought in as a family and they don't give up, right? They just don't give up. They don't, they bend, but they don't break. And this team, I just feel like they just are playing as a, as, as a unit and as, as just a family, like, than I've ever seen, you know, and all the times we've been doing this podcast, Ali, that everybody just looks at each other and goes, I got you, I got you, right? And there's no kind of attitudes in there, right? It's it's really healthy. And I think this is what this team has needed for a while, a culture change. And we talk about, you know, culture of winning versus culture of losing. They're, they're you know, they're one of those things that you just have to create. And I got to tell you, Ali, if we were sitting here tonight and you told me you're going to lose Nick Chubb, you're going to lose your starting right, uh, your right offensive lineman. You're going to lose Deshaun Watson for the year, and you're going to be seven and three at this point in the season. I'm like, you're crazy. Like, yeah. what are you, what are you smoking? There's no way we're going to be seven and three at that point. If we, if that's happened, and we're seven and three, um, something's crazy, right? Uh, but I do like to see how well this defense is playing, and I love when they go over and they pan in on. Uh, Schwartz and he's smiling now he's smiling <laughs> in this football game and I gotta tell you that is just so refreshing like he knows what he's doing like he has that confidence like we got this guys you know what you're doing out there and I think that started this week when everybody was, everybody was like well the Cleveland Browns defense what are they going to do now that Deshaun Watson's out and he was like nothing we're going to continue doing what we're doing because it's good enough to keep doing what we're doing like basically we already have the recipe. We don't need to change what we're doing and try to overplay, right? Because you know what happens when you try to overplay something or try to do too much, you make mistakes. And so I thought that was very interesting that he's like, no, we just have to toe the line and do exactly what we're doing. And I think we saw that today. Miles um, Garrett was a disruptor from the first snap of the game. And that continued with the rest of the defense in this game today. Yeah, they set the tone early. Um, and I think that's the recipe going forward. You know that you don't have Nick Chubb. You know you don't have Deshaun Watson. You know you have a beat-up offensive line. Um, and we talk about not being the hero, but just doing your job. And the defense is doing that and more. And you can put your trust and focus in on this defense to to really kind of just ride you down the stretch of the, the remainder of the season. Because, frankly, the this remaining schedule isn't isn't that bad. I think the the first part yeah. of our schedule is, was, is what was rough. So – yeah. Um, if, if you can, if your defense can keep doing what they're doing, they're going to be a competitive with just about anybody. Let me throw this at, at you actually real quick. One thing, uh, guys, whether it's sophisticated suburban living, luxury downtown digs or senior housing, Candy, the largest property management company in Northeast Ohio has a perfect home for everyone. Visit KD.com to get started. That's letter K, the word and the letter D.com. So I, I'm assuming this is real. Um, this is insane. What I'm about to tell you, um, I had to just verify, but it's, it's legit. <laughs> Uh, the Browns beat the Ravens and Steelers in consecutive weeks for the first time in franchise history. Woo! How about that, folks? Consecutive in front. Well, th- yeah, that means back to 99, right? So in the last quarter of a century, it's the first time it's happened. 
Because uh, I mean, I, I'm I'm going through this. Uh, it's the first time in in franchise history. So uh, this well, I, that's and crazy. I'm just, and I'm just saying that because the Ravens didn't exist, you know, until we oh, played. Oh, right, 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 yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, I'm just I, that's what crazy I can't though. Wrap my head around is. Like how many times have they actually played in consecutive weeks? I'd wonder. I'd have to like go back. Uh, I would think. Wait, I have it. I have it. So fourteen straight losses prior to today. Fourteen straight. That's crazy. Correct. Correct. So fourteen opportunities where we could have won back to back but did not. Got it. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. that's something. Um, I mean, I think it speaks to the winning culture and the the shift in that culture. This is a team now, and I think as fans. It was something that we needed to get used to as well, is learning how to win and expecting to win. And I, I want to say this. If this game would have happened last year or the year prior, Dustin, uh, I would have. I don't know if I would have been able to watch that final drive. Uh, I, I think that the Browns would have found a way to lose. Um, but I knew going out there, they were locked in. They, they were dialed in. They used their timeouts in the correct way. They did what they had to do. Um I knew Dustin Hopkins was going to go out there and kick the game winner. No question yeah. asked. We right. expect them to win. I expect other teams to fold now, which is kind of a weird thing to, to think. Well, so I'm just so not used to it. And, and here, you know, the defense did what they did. And what I thought was interesting about this game is like, okay, there's a minute and change left, two timeouts. We get the ball at what, the 40 almost? Like, yeah, this is good. Like, we got this, mm-hmm. right? And I would rather have us in that situation trying to win the game. <clears throat> not that I don't trust our defense. But I kind of like us winning it outright, just like last sure. week against the Ravens, right? Like, and that one we did have to come back and win, which I think is crazy that we didn't have the lead for like 59 minutes and 50 seconds of that football game. But, <laughs> uh, but no, Allie, I mean, and also this is three, this is three in a row for the Browns. You know, this is three yeah. games in a row for the Browns. Uh, we haven't lost in November, Allie. So how about that? There's a stat for you. The Cleveland oh, Browns go. haven't lost since November. Uh, here's the thing. I don't know what to expect of the, of the, Broncos next week. Um, mm-hmm. I think the Rams, they're, you know, they're at some point going to be mathematically probably eliminated here soon from the playoffs. Um, I don't know how much they're going to want to play, but I got to tell you, the only on one today. <laughs> well, but I mean, Geno Smith goes out of that football game, right? And that, that, that whole game changes in the last quarter it, or whenever he went out. And that's pretty much why, you know, the Rams won that game. But, uh, you know, what's interesting, Allie, though, but you look, right, the Jaguars, it's going to be a tough out, right? I got to tell you, a month ago, I wouldn't have said this, but the the Texans are going to be a tough out. They're uh, good. Yeah. I mean, the, te- the Texans are going to be a tough out. So there's two maybe losses on our schedule. And I just say that because they may have a little more offensive firepower than us, but obviously defense is the neutralizer. And we learn that when, like, um, a good defense plays like the Dolphins, right? They lose a game. But – I just think those two games, but you know, like the bears don't scare me. Right. They obviously, I mean, they, they put up a little bit of fight today, but obviously the lions came back and won that game. It's a division game. So they're always going to play up to their opponent typically like we do, but you go down the stretch and now what's happened to Cincinnati, that game may not even mean anything, Allie in week 17. Uh, when the Browns play the Bengals, they may just be playing spoilers to us at that point. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, you look now because of the Joe Burrow injury and what's happening, the Cincinnati Bengals, and it's hard to crazy to say are on the outside looking in to even make the playoffs. Right. Like, sure. and they were picked, they were projected to win the division. Right. So like this whole AFC North has kind of gotten crazy. And, and now we have the fifth seed, going into next week, which means we'd be the highest wild card, which is, that's always a good place to be. Cause that means you'll host a 
you host an actual football game in the first round of the playoffs. But this team is poised to kind of play bully ball the rest of the year, right? They can play great defense. Uh, they can, uh, you know, keep the Browns in all these games. And, you know, it's funny the 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 Steelers did to the Cleveland Browns today what the Steelers, you know, do to everybody, right? They adjusted at halftime. You know, the Browns struggled in the second half. And they kind of trying to lure the Browns back into losing, right? And that's how the Steelers beat the Ravens earlier this year, right? They just kind of lured them back into letting them uh, into what they could do to try to win that game. But I got to tell you, I think now we can look at that Baltimore Ravens game and realize how special that win was to yeah. then see the Ravens come out and dominate the way they did four days later. I mean, I'm just saying it just goes to show you how special that win was and how important it was. Now, Ollie, as we talk about it, division wins count twice, right? We got two now. So now we've split with everybody in the division. And if we can beat the Bengals at the end of the year, not bad, right? We've done our job at that point. We've went four and two, right? So that's pretty good and helps us down the, the stretch here. But this team is resilient. And to your point, Allie, I kind of expect the Browns to be the team that wins in the end because we're used to them giving the game away now. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case anymore. We're the ones coming back on our opponents and enforcing our will at, at the end of the football game. And that hasn't happened in a long time where we actually are that team that are now forcing our will. And I saw it. I saw it in the fourth quarter with this team. And I had a guy next to me. He was he's so nervous. He can't sit down. And it's hilarious. His name's Derek and he's a huge Browns fan and he just can't sit down. And I was like, look, some games our defense is going to have to win the game. I looked at him and go, and that's this game. We need to get some three and out stops and give our offense an opportunity to win this football game. And that's what happened, right? We were the last one to get the ball, and we just made the extra plays down the stretch that needed to happen in this football game. And because of that, the Browns were victorious today. So I look forward to uh, the challenge of the Denver Broncos coming up, and we'll talk more about this. Uh, by the way, guys, we're going to do a Tuesday show, not a Wednesday show because of the holidays. Uh, so we'll be back in a couple of days. But – I just think this is going to be one of those teams that we're going to, it's going to be exciting to watch. And by the way, mm -hmm. this game today, I mean, we all know it. We had a 50% chance of making the playoffs. If we lost 83% chance, if we did. Uh, but I, I do want to ask you this. Uh, a lot was made of Joe Flacco coming to town, getting the tryout with a bunch of other players. Mm -hmm. I think Monday or Tuesday, I feel very wholeheartedly the Browns are going to sign some kind of veteran quarterback in the next sure. couple of days, just because you have to have an emergency quarterback. You just have right, to. Right. Um, and, and just, I just, I want to get your thoughts on that because I do know the Browns are definitely looking in that direction because I think they are going to carry three quarterbacks. And I think now that you are probably a playoff team or leaning that way, you've got to have that third quarterback. Yeah, I agree entirely, wholeheartedly. Uh, in fact, I'm surprised that nobody was signed yet. Um, I think they probably wanted to see what they had in DTR today. Sure. Um, but they are very likely going to go out and get a veteran quarterback, whether that is Joe Flacco or, or somebody of the like. I, I'm all for it. I think it has to happen. And again, not just from a on-the-field standpoint, right? We know that this front office, they like having three quarterbacks on the roster. Um, but just having a veteran presence in that in that Min quarterback room, Min I think is Min invaluable. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you've got PJ Walker who has very few NFL starts um, and then yep. DTR who's a, a fifth round rookie quarterback. Okay, so that's not a ton of experience going on there. No. Oh, and by the way, they don't currently carry a quarterback coach. So definitely 
definitely think yeah. that a veteran presence, again, whether that's Joe Flacco or somebody else, it's not just a luxury at this point. I think it's a requirement. You have to have it if you want to make a playoff run. Um, because, mm-hmm. unfortunately, if something were to happen, now, God forbid, but uh, you need depth. You need somebody that's been there. You need somebody that's done it. Um, so I think bringing in a veteran, it, it has to happen. Yeah, and here's the thing. Like you said, from a mentoring standpoint, that's very important, right? Because, I mean, obviously Deshaun will still be in the locker room. He was on the sidelines. We saw that in the football game, kind of being that guy to be that. But you're right. The guy that can sit there and constantly really help um, in that situation. And honestly, like a guy like Flacco, here's a guy, and I think uh, I think it was Elijah Moore was asked about it because I think he played with him. And mm-hmm. Miles was asked about it. He was like, why wouldn't you want a guy like that, right? Here's a guy that's played at the highest level. You know, I think he's 15 and 10 as a playoff, you know, quarterback. Uh, he's got like 25 touchdowns and 10. And like the guy's good in the playoffs and he won a Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's played at every level. Like that kind of, that's so valuable to me, right? Yeah. Just like, hey, if you do get the playoffs, he can kind of pull you to the side and be like, it's going to be all right. You know, like, yeah. like you got this, right? Hey, this is, you know, because it's a whole nother level of football play in the playoffs, right? It's like, it just, it, it just accelerates. Now it's the best of the best. Everybody's playing even a better game. And I think sometimes having a guy like that, as to your point, you don't have a quarterback's coach, but what, but more like a quarterback mentor, right? That can just sit there and really calm the waters because you're right. There was not a lot of experience in that quarterback room um, with currently who the starters are. So you, yeah. I think you definitely need that kind of wisdom in that room. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you don't have stadium mustard in your kitchen this season, you're doing it wrong. The iconic brand, the iconic taste. It is loved by millions. So head on over to stadiummustard.com to shop now. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, give some game balls away. Brought to you by our friends over at Circle K. Fans, get ready have a quick for a lesson. sizzling sensation that's about to heat up your taste buds. Circle K is bringing you a hot deal this football season. Introducing Circle K's Hot Chicken Wings. And the best part, the price is as hot as the wings themselves. Pick up six wings for just $5.99 at your local Circle K today. So what are you waiting for? Gather your friends, your family, and anyone else who craves the ultimate wing experience. Circle K, where every deal is hotter than ever before here we go brownies only at circle k all right let's get into it let's start on the offensive side of the ball dustin um and i'll let you kick it off here you know uh i'm gonna give it to dtr today just because um here's a guy that was thrust into something um and here's the odd thing right you go out against the ravens uh and then you're you could call it benched for PJ Walker, who then goes into Seattle. And then all of a sudden, Deshaun Watson's healthy enough. The coach has the confidence in you to go back out there and lead and put this uh, potential playoff teams in your hands and just be efficient today, right? Just do, uh, don't do too much. But, and I, and the reason I give it to him is because when the game counted, he had to go down the field four for four and get, uh, the bronze of field goal range. Yeah, and that's I, what you and, and that's what you want from any quarterback in a situation like that where the game is on the line. So for me, I have to give it to DTR. Agreed. I, I think uh, look, I don't think that any one player um outside of DTR stepped up in a way that went and just flat out won this game. Now defensively we know who that person is, but offensively um DTR had to be a distributor. He had to be confident in the pocket. He had to go through his reads you know, this is a this is a tough 
Steelers defense. And uh, I thought yeah. he looked poised. He was protected. And that's exactly why I want to give my game ball to the offensive offensive line. Now, look, the, it's not always pretty with them. Um, and keeping in mind <laughs> that you are down, you know, your, your tackles at, at certain points throughout yeah. this game. So one thing to note here is the Browns offensive line only allowed six pressures in all 44 DTR dropbacks today. So they are kind of hitting their stride at the right time. Yep. Early on, you know, we talked on this podcast and say, hey, look, I think that there are some question marks surrounding this offensive line. Like it's not as good as it should be. Um, and we're finally starting to hit that groove where they are looking a lot better. They're looking more comfortable and they're operating as a unit. Um, so I'm going to give my offensive game ball to the offensive line for uh, making it a little bit easier for DTR today. Uh, defensively, we know the answer here, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe he's the leading sack leader in the National Football League. I think he goes by the name Miles Garrett. Um, yeah, I got to tell you, what a wrecker from from the first snap. And by the way, that was a safety. Um, yep. I don't care. We should have challenged say. it. Yeah. Well, here's the here's the thing. Uh, I think. Kevin was asked about that in the presser, and he said at the time he didn't think it was the right call to 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 question it, or there was a reason he couldn't. Anyway, he, he had thought about it, and that's why he chose to call uh, challenge the touchdown. Obviously, earlier sure. that we got, but he did not challenge. But he he goes, I did think about it, and there was some reason he didn't. But he uh, went into that. But man, just talk about pressure all day long. There was a couple times where he got to pick it on a couple times. And just almost took him down again. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, this guy is a one-man wrecking machine. Like he is. Um, he just absolutely is crazy out there. And I just, I'm glad he's on my team and not my, <laughs> you know, on the opponent's team. Um, but I think, what's he have, 12 and a half sacks now, Allie? Something uh, like that? He's, uh, so he's got 11. Uh, 11 sacks on the year were forced fumbles. Um, so, yeah. I, I mean, he's he's playing like the defensive player of the year and really it's not even close. Uh, just the way that he can bend the edge and get after the quarterback. Now, Kenny was yeah. getting the ball out fairly quickly um, yeah. in some of those instances, uh, but Miles was right there. He would have even held onto the ball a split second longer. He was going down. It probably would have yeah. been a, a forced fumble. Um, I, I think the clear and obvious answer here is Miles Garrett. Uh, I do want to give a, a shout out to Denzel. He had a couple of plays today yeah. that stopped me in my tracks, uh, the one play from Kenny to Deontay Johnson, and it almost looked like uh, Denzel was playing safety or something. He was back a little <laughs> deep and then comes over and breaks up the pass, but literally like jumped up and, and almost mossed uh, Deontay Johnson. It was it was crazy. Uh, it was super yeah. athletic. He's playing, uh, I mean, elite, elite football. Um, and that's what he does when he's healthy. You know, it's, it's just good to see him out there having fun and, and playing really hard. So I just want to give him a shout out here as well. And then on special teams, I think you can go one of two ways. I think we would both agree that it's, it's Dustin Hopkins. He goes yep. out and he wins yet, yet another game. But I think we would be remiss us if we don't talk about Corey Bajorquez and what he is doing. Yeah. Um, being able to flip the field, I mean, and winning the field position game, that, 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 sh that does not go unnoticed. I mean, it is no. putting... Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson in this offense in a much more advantageous position to one, either score or just, you know, pin Pittsburgh back, um, you know, if, if it is going to be a three and out. So I, I think that special teams has been really, really good. And even James Prochet today, um, just in the return game, whether it was just him calling for a fair catch, he felt confident he was going to catch it. Um, even though he did muff it last week, or if he did decide to return it, you know, he is electric, he is explosive and he can, he can create some, some yards, um, you know, 
after after the catch here in this situation with a return. Uh, so I think special teams, man, just the entire unit's playing really well. Yeah, and there was a couple streaky runs, right? Like you said in this game where we'd get it up and got the ball around the 40, 45, which, by the way, that just, for DTR, that just makes it so much better, right? So mm-hmm. uh, our our special teams played well today. Um, Allie, you know one thing I'd like to point out? As a team unit, and, and you can look at this stat while I say this, but I don't <clears> – <throat> this is one of the first times I think the Browns may have only been penalized for 10 or 20 yards in this entire football game, like penalized, like penalty-wise. Mm-hmm. Like I think they might maybe got one penalty for 10 yards. Like it, it, it was one of the more cleaner games the Cleveland Browns have played disciplined football and didn't make mistakes in the penalty department. But I was like pretty impressed by that. And it was like late in the third quarter and the Browns hadn't even been penalized yet. Mm -hmm. So um, it'd be curious to see what that final stat was, but it was impressive to me how well this team played uh, discipline wise and didn't try to do something, you know, like do something you shouldn't do. And I think, you know, obviously uh, the Steelers had some penalties in this game, some holding, um, some delays of games and just some stuff, you know, that they did. But the, for the Browns to play that kind of ball um, and be that clean, because sometimes that's where we want to pull our hair out as Browns fans. We do stupid penalties. And today that was not the case. Like I was impressed how well that uh, was today. Yeah. And that's what it takes to win is playing clean, disciplined and efficient football. We saw that from the Cleveland Browns today. And that's why they come away at 13 10 over Pitt's puke Steelers. Dustin, why don't you tell our listeners quickly about Barley House? So Barley House, guys, if you haven't been there, it's a great place to go down there uh, pregame for the Browns games or any night of the week. Go down there and enjoy it. Uh, But they're always there uh, to watch the game if you're not going to the game. Um, And by the way, guys, if you follow them on Instagram or us both, uh, we are giving away a $30 gift card every single week. Every week, $30. Who doesn't like $30 gift card? Uh, So go ahead and go follow us over at uh, Instagram and get that $30 gift card. We gave our first one away last week. They were super excited. Uh, but yeah, we're excited to partner with those guys. Great place to hang out if you're coming into Cleveland or you're looking for something to do pregame activity or just go out on the, on the town down there on uh, West 6th. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know about you, uh, but I like saving money. So be sure to head on over to the Cleveland Furniture Company for all of your furniture needs. If you need a new recliner, couch, wherever you like to watch football games, uh, I like to do it from the couch, but head on over to Cleveland Furniture Company. They buy in bulk direct from the factory, so um, they can save you money. So let's get into it. Let's get into the stats today, and this is brought to you from the couch from Cleveland Furniture Company. From the couch is brought to you by the Cleveland Furniture Company. All right, let's start with the Cleveland Browns passing attack. Dorian Thompson Robinson on the day went 24 for 43 uh, for 165 and one interception. Now, Again, that stat line isn't really going to show the type of game that DTR had. It's not going to show the poise. It's not going to show the pocket awareness. It's not going to show the decision making. Um, but, but, you know, I, I still think that he went out and he played a, a really good football game. Uh, this isn't really the, the prettiest stat line, but it's not the worst I've ever seen. Um, 24, 43, 165 uh, with a quarterback rating of 54.9. So, again, not beautiful, but it got the job done today. And his first start since Baltimore um, a couple of weeks ago, which we know how that one went. So this is huge to boost confidence for the young guys. So 
Um, I, I didn't think it was terrible, but it got certainly got the job done. In terms of the rushing attack, Kareem Hunt, he was 12 for 36. Jerome Ford, 12 for 31, one touchdown on the day. So we really evenly split there. Uh, DTR was able to create some, some plays with his legs as well. Uh, three carries for 20 yards. Uh, his longest on the day was for nine yards. So again, he's not just a threat with his arm. He can also, he can also run the ball. Uh, we saw that we saw that a lot today. So I would expect, you know, assuming that he is the starter the next couple of weeks here to see more of that um, because he's good at it. Yeah. We did see some Cedric Tillman uh, in the, in the rushing. Yay. Attack. I, I know he was, he was one for eight uh, in terms of rushing. Uh, and then he was also one, one um, target, one reception for two yards in the passing, uh, in the passing attack as well. So let's talk about receiving uh, tough day for David Njoku. Several drops on the day. I don't know exactly how many he had, but he was um, how many? Did, he was targeted 15 times, came away with seven receptions for 56 yards. But he stepped up when it mattered. Fourth quarter, as they're driving to go win the game, he was there. He caught the ball. He did what he had to do. Uh, but again, certainly some plays he would probably like to have back today. Elijah Moore, uh, six for 60. Uh, he was targeted seven times on the day. Amari Cooper was targeted eight times, came down with four for 34. So you know. T- your typical safety nuts in Amari Cooper and David Ajoku, uh, they weren't really doing that today. Um, they were in some moments, but not consistently. Uh, Jerome Ford, he caught the ball twice for eight yards. Uh, Pierre Strong, same thing, uh, one for four. So uh, very, very, I don't want to say few um, uh, here in the receiving and uh, passing game where you feel like, man, they just went off today. Uh, but you have, again, a handful of guys that just did their jobs and it, it, mattered and it counted they were able to move the ball well and you bring up a good point there those stat lines dtr was able to distribute the ball he just wasn't relying on one guy right i mean you just the way you i mean you said you know elijah and njoku and cooper he tried to get his playmakers the ball today right and that's really all we're going to need to ask of dtr it's like just get it into your playmakers hands and let them do the rest right and yes there were some drop passes today but you know what he kept his poise and kept trying to get it to his playmakers. And that was one of the things that was brought up in the post game uh, with the Browns today was, you know, he never lost that confidence in his receiving core, even when they dropped passes, right? He went right back to his guys and said, no, we got to keep it going. And to your point, he really distributed the ball around. And I think that's probably a little bit how you kind of kept Pittsburgh at bay today in some ways too. Like by him distributing the ball and not just keying on one guy really kind of kept, the defense for the Steelers honest today, right? He did a lot of dinking and dunking down the field. And I liked that. I was completely fine with that. I'm like, no, just move the ball. Kill clock. Hey, real quick. um, What we just saw on Twitter, Joe Flacco is signing with the Browns practice squad, which was the plan when he left here on Friday, according to Mary Kay Cabot. Uh, So there you have it. Joe Flacco. There it is. There you have it. Um, There he is. He's going to be on the practice squad. uh, Not a luxury, but a requirement. So, I'm happy to see that that deal get done. Hey, cool. we broke it. We broke it right on the show. Broke it right so here Al, on the show. <laughs> Al, you know what that, you know, after a day like this, I think we should have some here we go brownies wine from our great mm. friends over at Lorello Vineyards. By the way, guys, if you go out there, go take some time out there. Go visit the vineyard. It's fun. They have a great restaurant out there uh, in Geneva. But you know what? Just not the, the here we go brownies wine. They have the ice wine, guys, which is amazing. I love this stuff. They have whites. They have it all. Uh, I'm not biased, but they have gotten voted the best uh, Cleveland wine. Uh, So go out there and try it. 
Um, and of course, if you support the Here We Go Bernie's wine, uh, a few dollars of every one of those bottles goes back to feed the great people in the greater Cleveland Food Bank. So uh, it goes to a great cause as well. So. Yeah, definitely, definitely check that out. Uh, also, want to talk to you about what we've got going on in March, Dustin. We're we're headed out on a cruise. Want to tell our listeners about that real quick? Oh man, who doesn't like to be in the sun? Who doesn't like to go to the Bahamas, Jamaica? Like who doesn't like that? March 11th, join us. Uh, Allie and I are going to go on a cruise uh, with 17 plus Browns alumni. March 11th, five days at on seas great things on the boat to do great activities on the islands it'll be a great time just to get out of the cold weather wherever you are and of course if you live in florida i guess you're not in the cold weather but most of us that are browns fans typically live north of where it's cold but hey it'll be a great time we're going to have a lot of fun uh, go to brownsfanscruise.com now to get your rooms uh, get that booked uh march 11th and that'll take out over out of miami yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun be sure to check that out because we're we're really excited um, Dustin, you know, again, as we mentioned at the top, this wasn't exactly the prettiest game that we've ever seen. But at the end of the day, a win is a win. You come away with it. And it's against not only a divisional rival, but the rival of all rivals against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, so you come away with a win. And uh, and not to just kind of kick them here, but I'm going to. Uh, their offense is, is really really bad and we knew that and we yeah. knew that um, at some point their their luck was going to run out and I think we're going to see that sure. down the stretch of their remaining schedule um not a good offense they've got a pretty good defense offensively yeah, have, it's rough yeah they don't have they don't have a good enough defense and enough offense uh output right um I will tell you this Allie I made a parlay bet and I hit it my Boise Ooh, State nice. Oh, I mean, I did not hit it. I almost hit it. Excuse me. Oh. So my Browns or my Boys State won by more than three. They kept it under 60. My Browns won by more than one, but they did not get the over. I wanted some more points in this game. <laughs> uh, but that wasn't going to be a big parlay if I hit it. I'm like, God, they just can't get any more points. But you know what? I didn't care because all I cared about is the win at the end of the day. I yeah. was like, uh, uh, I was like, I just want them to win because at seven and three, now you're cooking with something, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, this team is resilient and I'm excited to watch this team. And I got to tell you, Allie, uh, I've had some friends, even Larry said this, if the Browns make the Super Bowl this year, it'll be fitting because the Browns making the Super Bowl will have to come in the most unorthodox ways, right? It's not going to be like with an elite quarterback. It's not going to be with this. It's going to be like we got there our own way, right? It's funny, but it's so true. That'd be so Cleveland. Like, how did Cleveland get in the Super Bowl? Well, they just got there. Like, right. It's not going to be like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's, oh, I, do. I mean, when we think about it, let's talk about the Cavs down three, one, right. No team has ever come back on the road to win the NBA championship, except for Cleveland because they had to make it tough and hard. And we had to, you know, will our way to that. It's going to be that way for any other team in, in Cleveland. That's just the way we are. It's Cleveland against the world. So it's true. That's, that's <laughs> true. Um, and if it's going to happen, man, let it be this year. I'd love to. Well, I'd love to see that. Uh, oh my God! Well, it's in Vegas, so I'll just. I'll love that. I'll just. Head <laughs> All right, uh, Dustin. Any closing thoughts as we wrap up on a victory edition of the Here We Go Brian's podcast? Yes. Uh, join us, guys, for a special show Tuesday, not Wednesday. Tuesday. Mark your calendars for the show on Tuesday. Uh, we're going to do that show because um, everybody and everybody's traveling because of the holidays with uh, Thanksgiving being on Thursday. So uh, everybody enjoy.
your victory Monday. Let's go. Enjoy this Let's one. Three, three in a row, guys. This is going to be a great week. Uh, we, we didn't spoil Thanksgiving. It's going to be another fun week, by the way, guys. <laughs> there you have it, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And as always, Browns fans, go Browns. Go Browns.